Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. I'm a woman in my 30s who lives alone in a small house at the end of a quiet cul-de-sac in the UK. The street is a maze of roads away from the main road, which means that other than delivery guys and the occasional salesperson, you very rarely see anyone that you don't recognize. I don't exactly know all of my neighbors, but I do know what they look like, and I know where they live. I can recognize their cars, etc. This weirdness happened over the space of a few months several years back. I work from home, so I'm usually inside, and sometimes I don't have a lot to do. The first day was one of those lazy days. It was about 4pm and I'm sitting on the sofa watching some daft shit about alien cover-ups. Someone knocked on the door. I have a surveillance camera hidden in the wooden canopy above the front door, so I checked to see who it was because I wasn't expecting any deliveries and I couldn't be bothered to deal with a salesperson. It was a woman who looked late 40s to early 50s and she was very smartly dressed, like really expensive clothes and jewelry stuff that I could never afford. Most people around here generally couldn't afford it either. We're not an affluent area, and this lady stuck out like a sore thumb. She looked flustered and agitated, glancing towards the back garden before trying to look through the tiny frosted glass window on the front door. I noticed that she was carrying a dog's lead, but I didn't see a dog. As it happens, at the far side of my back garden, there's two hedges. There's the hedge that I own within my own property boundaries, and there's a second hedge outside my boundary that's council-owned, along with the small grassland where people walk dogs. I know for a fact there's a hole in the council-owned hedge, which I've reported it to the council at least a dozen times over the past decade, and they've done the square foot of a sod all about it. Because of my hedge, I can't reach it to do anything about it myself. Consequently, when I saw the dog's lead, I thought, shit, I bet her dog has gone through the hole. If it's a big dog, it's not getting into my garden. But if it's a small dog, it might be able to work its way through. And I've always got some cooked meat, so I figured I might be able to lure it out. I'm a dog lover, so of course I want to help this woman out if I can. When I was a kid, my own dog went missing for a few weeks, and I thought I was never going to get him back. I was heartbroken for those weeks, but fortunately, we did get him back, and ever since, I've been extremely sensitive to pets in need. I open the door, and this woman gives me the weirdest look. It was like she was expecting someone completely different to answer the door, and that I shouldn't have been there. To be fair to her, my mom used to live here too, so I didn't think much of that weird look to begin with. Maybe she was expecting my mom? I don't know. I say hello to her, and she just stares at me for the longest 30 seconds before she then tries to look past me and asks to see Margaret. 
I don't know what it is about other people's mistakes, but whenever someone has the wrong number, I always end up apologizing as if it's my fault. So that's what I did. I apologized and I told her there was no Margaret at this address. Again, she gives me that look, only this time there's anger behind it. Yes, there is, she insists. It occurs to me at this point that I have a relative called Margaret, but she lives about 60 miles away and I haven't seen her in years. Nonetheless, just in case she's got her address muddled, I ask, are you looking for this Margaret? But she just hisses at me. You know exactly who I'm looking for. What have you done with her? I'm absolutely lost at this point. I've lived here 20 years, and I know the name of the previous owner, so I know she's not asking for them. I also know the names of the neighbors and the names of the people who've lived on the street in the time that I've been here and since moved. None of them are called Margaret, so all I can do is tell her that she's got the wrong address. No, this is my address. You're lying. That was a tad alarming. She's at the right address. She's not knocking on the wrong door. However, she clearly thinks I've done something to somebody who the best of my knowledge has never even lived here. I don't know how long the previous owner had this house, but we must be talking about at least 30 years since anyone called Margaret might have lived here. It's at this point that I notice that she subtly wrapped the dog lead around her now clenched fist, like she's planning to use it as a weapon or something. In my youth, I did plenty of self-defense training, so I'm not exactly scared of her as such, but I'm obviously getting a bit concerned about the situation that's now brewing. I don't particularly wish to get involved in a brawl on my doorstep with a complete stranger. I'm torn between shutting the door in her face or trying to de-escalate the situation. In the end, I close the door a little so she's got less to aim at, and I then tell her, Look, I don't know who you're looking for, but if you think something's happened to your friend, maybe we just need to call the police and let them sort it out. Sure enough, the woman slams her fist with the lead wrapped around it right into my door. I later discovered that she'd struck the door hard enough to actually crack the frosted glass window in the middle of it. She's now bleeding from doing it. It must have hurt, but she doesn't flinch or show any sign of pain. What the hell? Any confidence I had in my self-defense classes started to waver here because I'm not used to people who don't feel pain. All I can think now is that she's really on something and having a really bad trip. So at this point, I put on my scariest voice and I tell her to get the fuck back. I let her know I'm calling the police and if she's still here when they get there, she can deal with them because I'm not dealing with her anymore. She actually tries to stop me from closing the door, but I shove her back and I manage to get it closed and locked. I make a point to stand next to the door while I'm calling 999 so that she can hear me. For anyone wondering, 999 is the equivalent to 911 in the UK. While I'm waiting for the police to turn up, I actually watch her on the surveillance feed. She moves out of shot multiple times, presumably to check the back of the house, and I hear her calling out for Margaret. A few minutes before the police finally turn up, I see her kick over my wheelie bins in a rage, but then the most chilling thing happens. She walks back to the front door, and literally stares directly into my camera. The camera's pretty well hidden. 
I'm not saying that no one could spot it, but most people would only know that it's there if they'd been looking for it. Most people aren't looking for cameras, right? She knew it was there. She must have eyeballed it previously. When, I don't know. I later reviewed all the footage I had from that day, and she never made eye contact with it once. She never even looked in that direction. I only had about a week's worth of footage before the oldest footage is overwritten, and I checked everything I had, and she was only on camera that day. All I can think is she's been here more than a week prior. While she's staring right into it, she slips me the finger and then makes a throw-cutting gesture before then walking off. I head to the window to watch her leave, and she's walking like she doesn't even have a care in the world. She doesn't look back, she just wanders away. The police finally show up to take a statement, and I give them a copy of the surveillance footage, and that's it. I called a couple times to follow up, but nothing. Nobody ever called me about it. I won't lie, this messed me up for a few weeks. I moved the knife block closer to the door, though out of sight of any of the windows. I started staying up really late and not getting much sleep, which didn't really help at all. On some nights, I was so tired that I actually started experiencing auditory hallucinations. I'd hear people who weren't there talking, and because this woman was the cause of all my stress, I heard her voice and the name Margaret most of all. Every single time I heard the gate open, it put me on edge. I'd review the surveillance footage every day. Eventually, as the weeks passed and I hadn't heard anything else, I had started to regain some of my comfort, and I just put it down to a weird experience. It didn't last. About four or maybe five weeks after the first encounter, she came back. It was just after midnight. I was in the living room mucking about on my phone with the TV on low volume for some background noise. I heard a car door slam and peeked out the front window. A dark colored car was parked at the end of my driveway. I couldn't see what make or model it was, but it looked like some sort of estate car. I think Americans call them station wagons, right? I didn't see anyone moving about, but a minute or two later, the front gate swung open with its metallic groaning, and then there was a knock at the door. Even when I'm not involved in a blood feud over imaginary Margaret's, I'm not going to answer the door at that time. I checked the surveillance camera. Its night vision mode is pretty shitty, but I'm positive it's the same woman again. I can see what I think is the dog lead, and of course, she knows I'm watching her because she looks right at the camera yet again. And I tell you, when someone's already giving you the heebie-jeebies, the way the night vision makes people's eyes look like soulless black voids doesn't do much to make you feel better. Suddenly, she then yells out, Shut that fucking racket off and come out here, now! Now, I had the TV on, but as I mentioned, it was on a very low volume. There's no way she could hear it from outside the front door. Hell, I couldn't even hear it if I walked into the hallway. I'm convinced at this point that she's mentally unwell, so I call the police again. I want them to stay on the line, but they just tell me that someone will be over soon and to call them back immediately if things escalate. So I'm waiting and watching and just hoping she doesn't try to smash a window or something. She kicks over my wheelie bins yet again, 
I really don't know what she's got against them. Then she yells something else out, which I couldn't quite make out. But whatever it was, it was enough for one of the neighbors themselves to come out and investigate. I watched the neighbor talk with her for a minute. She's remonstrating about something, wagging her finger towards my front door. But my neighbor's eventually able to get her to leave. He even sticks around for a bit just to make sure she's actually gone. Sadly, however, that also meant that she'd be gone before the police turned up yet again, and it really made me feel like I was a bother to them. Another statement, and handing over more security footage. More nothing. I had caught up with that neighbor the next day, and he apologized because it didn't occur to him to make a note of the registration plate. But he told me that she said pretty much the same things as she said to me previously. That she wanted to know where Margaret was and what I'd done with her. Even if she is mentally unwell, the fact that she's sticking to this Margaret story and has the right address really makes me think that there's something more to this than somebody having a breakdown. Then it clicks. Is Margaret her dog? Does she think that I've stolen her dog? Did she have a dog go through the hole in the back? Does she think I've hurt her dog? Is that what this is all about? It'd be another few weeks before she came back. This time at 3am, I'm then awoken by knocking on the door. A few minutes later, I hear tapping on the bedroom window. I know that it's her. I can hear her saying things, but I can't really make them out because they're too muffled through the windows. It's like she didn't want to get the neighbor out again, so she's trying to keep it quiet. I jump out of bed and put on some clothes as quickly as I can. I try and follow her as best as I can as she then moves around the outside of the house from room to room, knocking, tapping, and muttering. I think that I heard a few coherent words like noise and racket, and I'm pretty sure she called me a bitch at some point, but maybe I was imagining that. I can't check the surveillance footage this time because she spray painted the damn lens, not that it really matter much this time. She's now lingering by the front door. I think about calling the police again, but it's proven a waste of time so far, and I get the feeling if I call them a third time and she's gone, then they're just going to start accusing me of wasting their time even if I do have the evidence. They've not exactly been helpful so far. In the end, I wait by the door and I listen for her. Eventually she knocks again, and I call out. Is Margaret your dog? Dead silence. Nothing. I can't see anything through the frosted glass because it's way too dark. I have no idea where she is now, and I don't want to turn the outside lights on. I don't even know why. She knows I'm in the house because I've called out to her, but I still don't want to draw any more attention to myself. I end up standing there for who knows how long. At least an hour. Probably more because the sun starts coming up. My heart is going a mile a minute pretty much the whole time. Once it's bright enough, I start checking through the windows to see if I can see her. Nope. Nothing. I tentatively open the front door, and I look outside. I still can't see her. I grab something to arm myself with just in case. I can't remember what now, but I check all around my house and the back garden. She's not there. As I'm heading back to the front door, I spot the oddest thing. The gate's closed. The gate is physically attached to the side of my house, and when it opens and closes, it makes a fair bit of noise. 
You'd definitely hear it if someone opened or closed it when you were standing next to the front door. But it's closed. So, what the hell does that mean? Did she jump it somehow? I mean, it's possible, but I guess I wouldn't want to try it. Anyway, I open the gate, and I head out to the end of the driveway. I look around, and there's no sign of anyone. I turn back to the house, and I see she's spray-painted liar on the front of my house, and that she's also left the dog lead on the ground beneath it. That was thankfully the last time I ever heard from or saw this woman, but I think she still comes by sometimes. Ever since all this happened, I get these creeped out feelings occasionally at night, and I always check out the window. I don't know whether or not if I'm imagining it or what, but now and again, I swear I see a dark-colored estate car out on the street. Not parked at the end of my driveway these days, but I just can't shake the feeling she's in there, watching my house. Perhaps she really was looking for her dog, and maybe she keeps thinking that she'll see me with it. I just really have no idea. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Last year, around this time, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment on the third floor with my then-fiancé, Kyle. Please don't judge, but the rent is outrageous where we live, but I suppose it's pretty high in a lot of places. Plus, we told everyone that we were trying to save money for the wedding. I have to be honest and say that throughout the six years that we were together, there were a lot of signs that we weren't quite right for each other. Also, my own brother has never really cared for him. I believe that this situation is what hastened the inevitable end of our relationship. Anyway, it was a Wednesday evening. I work a hybrid schedule, so I usually go into the office on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Kyle is a nurse and worked three to four nights a week from 7pm to 7am. He was scheduled to work that same night. I got home sometime around 5 and 5.30 p.m. as I usually did, and Kyle had just woken up. We talked about dinner, and of course, Kyle didn't know what he wanted to eat. There's always at least one person in the relationship that just never knows what they want to eat, right? Anyways, I get in the shower, and Kyle comes into the bathroom, and he says we should get Chinese. I tell him what I want, and he said he would call up there and go pick it up. The main wall of the shower is along the same side as the front door, so I could clearly hear the front door slam when he left 5 or 10 minutes later. As I was about to finish up my shower, 
I heard someone knocking on the front door. Normally, I would ignore it as I wasn't expecting anyone, but then it occurred to me that maybe it was Kyle. Perhaps he somehow lost his key. I mean, it wouldn't have been the first time. My phone was plugged into the charger in the bedroom, so if he lost his key, I wouldn't have heard the phone going off had he been trying to reach me. I turned off the shower and got out. I opened the bathroom door and came down the hallway past the bedroom and then rounded the corner to go to the front door. As I rounded the corner, the front door opens and a random man begins to enter the apartment. I had never seen this guy before in my life. He was a white guy, medium height and build, wearing black pants and sneakers, and he had a dark gray hoodie pulled up over his head. I remember that his eyes just looked wild. I haven't forgotten how he looked, as I've had dreams about his face for a few months after this. As soon as he saw me, he stopped dead in his tracks at the threshold of our apartment and was just staring at me. I too was stopped in my tracks, as I had nothing on but the towel wrapped around me, and I was so terrified that I could hardly move or speak. We stood there staring at each other for what seemed like forever, but was probably only a few seconds in reality when we then both heard somebody walking up the front stairs. The man let go of the door and then ran in the other direction, I'm assuming to go back down the stairs. I was suddenly able to move and I ran to lock the door. It was at this moment that there was a knocking on the door again and I then audibly screamed. I stood there frozen, terrified that he'd come back for some reason, when I heard a woman say through the door, Jen? It's your neighbor Anna from across the hall. Are you okay? I opened the door and Anna was now standing there with her husband, both with concerned looks on their faces. They live across the hall and they had been coming home from wherever when they saw the strange man running out of my apartment. It was at this point that I started crying, so they came inside. Anna helped me to the bedroom so I could put on some clothes and call the police. When I called the police, the dispatcher said they would send over an officer to come take a report. Sometime before police got there, Kyle had finally came back with the food. I heard him talking to Anna's husband, then he came into the room. He was a little rude to Anna, telling her that she and her husband could go as he could handle it from there. He then turned to me and he wanted to know what happened and why I hadn't called him and why the hell neighbors were in our apartment. I was so shaken up that I just started crying again. Kyle started telling me to calm down, which had the opposite effect. At some point, the police showed up, and as I'm telling them the story, Kyle was also hearing it for the first time as well. They said they would have me talk to a sketch artist, which I did the following day. However, Kyle still went into work that night. I begged him to stay, as I was still very scared. But he told me that he couldn't get out of work and that I should call my parents or sister to come stay with me. After he left, I had called my mom and told her what happened, and my dad came to pick me up. I ended up staying at my parents' house for a few days. It just didn't even seem like Kyle even cared. He just kept saying how nothing really happened. Yeah, nothing happened because Anna and her husband just happened to be coming home at the time and this guy heard them coming up the stairs. But what if they hadn't been coming up the stairs? What if this guy had just decided to stay? 
Kyle and I broke up about a month later. It eventually came out that when Kyle left to get Chinese food, that he hadn't locked the front door. He said that he was under the impression that it was a safe neighborhood, and he never apologized. How could he just leave me alone in an unlocked apartment, especially while I was taking a shower? The police had said that it was most likely a crime of opportunity, that the guy probably saw Kyle leave and knocked to see if anyone would come to the door, and that when no one did, he thought nobody was home and decided to try the door, and when he realized that it was unlocked, he just walked in. My brother's convinced that somehow Kyle knew the guy and had actually arranged something with him. I really don't want to think about it like that, so I never entertained the thought or the conversation. The day I moved out, I did go see Anna and her husband, and I thanked them profusely for looking out for me. As far as I know, the sky has not been caught, and there's never been any leads or anything like that. I stopped following up a long, long time ago, and I finally feel like I've moved on. Kyle still lives in that apartment, but with a new girlfriend. I really wish them the best, and I just hope they actually keep the door locked this time. A few years ago, my grandpa would let me, my twin sister, and my younger brother stay the weekends at his house every week. At the time, my sister and I were 16, and my brother was 14 when this incident occurred. One particular weekend really stood out from the rest. My sister, my brother, and I were hanging out at my grandpa's house. He said that he had to leave for work, and it was around 1 p.m. when he left, so he left us all alone with our uncle to watch us. Then eventually my uncle left to go to work as well at around 5 p.m., so now we were officially home alone. My sister and I were in my grandpa's room upstairs watching some TV on his bed while my brother was downstairs. A few hours passed and I had to use the restroom, so I walked downstairs to use the restroom. On the way down, I had thought I heard a grown man talking, so I assumed it was the TV because I didn't pause the show. I kept going down the stairs and I had gotten to the guest bathroom. I did my business and then exited the bathroom. Then, I had started to hear a grown man's voice but it sounded much clearer downstairs than it did upstairs. So I approached the living room to see where the voice was coming from. Keep in mind it was completely dark, so everything was pitch black. I turned my attention to the sliding glass door that leads to the backyard because the motion sensor lights were activated. Right when I looked at the sliding glass door, there was a man at the glass door looking right into the living room. He was wearing a red and black plaid jacket with black pants, and that's all I could see from how dim the lights were outside. I don't think he saw me when I had noticed him in my grandpa's backyard. I started panicking though, because I didn't know what to do in this situation. My phone was in my hand, and I had turned it on to try and get a hold of my grandpa on the phone. I was going to tell him what's going on, but right when I turned on my phone, I didn't realize how bright the screen was, and the man then immediately noticed me. Then he started banging on the sliding glass door and now yelling for me to let him in. So then I started shaking my brother to wake him up because he was sleeping on the couch at the time, and I then told him that we need to get upstairs now. So I grabbed him by the arm 
and then dragged him upstairs. We then went into our grandpa's room, locking the door behind us. I told my sister what happened downstairs, and I told my brother and sister that we need to be quiet. That's when I then called my grandpa while in tears, then telling him that someone's trying to get into the house. He said that he's getting off work, and he's going to try and come home immediately, and that he was also going to call the police. I would have called the police myself, but he just recently moved there, and I didn't know the address, unfortunately. The man was still screaming from downstairs and saying how he knows someone's in there and that we need to let him in. He did this for about 20 minutes. Then out of nowhere, complete silence. My grandpa arrived shortly after, and the guy was already gone by that point. My grandpa checked the backyard and confirmed that someone had been back there because some of his belongings were broken and stolen. The police showed up a few minutes later and they questioned us about what happened. We gave them a description of the guy, and they said they would keep an eye out in the area just to see if they could find him. After that day, though, I was really scared to be alone there without my grandpa or uncle there in the house. I just really was truly traumatized by that whole situation. I would barely go over to his place anymore because I just didn't feel safe, and I was really scared that it would happen again. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always stay.